It is episode number 10. We have hit double digits of the right hosh. One short of a starting lineup, a starting 11, if you will. Luke Ned Carney, Rob Jordan, Alex Thompson here with you. And this show is going to be a little bit like that Seinfeld episode where they meet the bizarro versions of themselves because Liverpool playing quite well. A 6-1 to one victory over Leeds today. Leeds have never lost a home match by more than five goals. That actually happened about five hours ago. Uh, so I'm, I'm in a good mood. I was already in a good mood because we didn't lose to Rob's Gunners. It was a 2-2 tie at Anfield where Rob talked about how it was a tough place for uh, for Arsenal to play. And, of course, Alex's Man City citizens, uh, I, I actually saw their game on Saturday morning before I had to go to work, and they 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 had no trouble either. So uh, it's it's kind of almost like a like a two on one type thing. But the the wrong person is is having some trouble right now, Rob. Yeah, you know, uh, heaviest the the head that wears the crown. That's all I'll say. Yeah, man of man of few words when his team isn't playing very well. I I just want to know what crown. We'll, we'll find out next Wednesday. Your head, your head's heavy. You don't even have a crown on it. This does not bode well down the stretch. All right, this is where I start playing Modest Yahoo King without a crown. Let's go. Oh, one of the best songs. One of my favorite songs. Such a good song. Youth is one of my albums, man. All I know is please continue to score two goals in the first two minutes of every match. The rest of the way, it's it, it's it is just so interesting how how we sit here and I want to say like. Probably the last two or three months, we've talked about how Arsenal have trouble in the first 10 minutes of games and win the rest of it. And then here they are, the last two two matches, and just complete opposites and kind of shells of, of Arsenal. So, uh, fucking intro. I'm ready to get into this. We're, we're, we're coming down the stretch here for another classic uh, Premier League finish. And I, I can't wait to see how it goes. But why has it happened that way for Arsenal the last couple of games? I mean, I, I saw what I saw from from the Liverpool game, but but the last game as well. I mean, that was a, that was a result that certainly was not expected, and these these games followed a bit of the same script. And I'm just curious as to it was it was there like an injury or somebody a substitution somebody taken off? Or I know, I know Rob has has some information for later in the show about a player that that has been dragging ass, but I don't. I'm just I didn't really see the second of those of those draws. Um, I mean, starting with the Liverpool match, uh, I mean, you know, the first, you know, the first 35 minutes, essentially, uh, the majority of the first half, you know, Arsenal was completely dominating Liverpool and um, there wasn't much personnel change. But, you know, I, I think there's a slight momentum change where, you know, Liverpool got their first goal at the 42nd minute right in before halftime, which, you know, if you're if you were in Liverpool's position, that's exactly what you want to do uh, going into halftime to get yourself back in the match. Um, but th- there, there haven't really been any notable injury updates since then. So, you know, it, it could be, you know, we talked about fatigue of the long season. Um, maybe they're starting to feel the weight of the moment. Um, but, you know, like I said, Anfield is a tough place to play where that draw, I'm not necessarily, while it was frustrating, I'm not necessarily surprised because, um, again, it's Liverpool at Anfield. But in the case of West Ham, I mean, you know, or, or actually before we move on to that match, you know, we Arsenal against Liverpool went from dominating the first half 
to then Liverpool absolutely dominating the second half. So, uh, you know, I, it could be some managerial uh, talent from Klopp, which I'm sure he fired them up in the locker room. And, you know, Arsenal ended up uh, losing a possession battle in that game with only 41% possession, where uh, I don't know the breakdown between halves, but um, uh, I'm sure there's a massive swing there towards the end. But, I mean, with West Ham, the, the first two goals were in the first 10 minutes, and we had over 70% possession uh, during the match. So, um, you, you know, I don't know if it's a slowing momentum or something uh, where the players are tired, which, you know, they clearly are. I saw that uh, in West Ham match in particular, uh, Kyle Saka was certainly um, – he, he was gassed. Um, you know, he wasn't up to his regular form and, you know, he did miss a penalty where, um, you know, you could kind of see the fatigue setting in there. But, um, you know, I can get in more nitty gritty of the match, but, you know, there wasn't anything in particular that, you know, before the match started that, you know, it should end like that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's weird to watch. It is why they play the games, as they say. And now just four points separate. Arsenal and Man City for that top spot, the crown of the EPL. Um, so, you know, and, and Man City's played, you know, played played some really, really good football in, in their match on Saturday. And it, it's not like there was any doubt as to what that, what was, what, how that match was going to go. And I even heard the commentator say in a, in, after halftime, he's kind of said like, this, uh, this will just become a training session for, for future matches. And I, I could only assume what future matches that that commentator was referring to. Yeah, I mean, in in the Premier League, there's landmines on every match day. Anybody, I mean, th- that that's the thing. A, dr- a draw feels like a loss, especially this time of year when you're protecting a Premier League lead, and the team behind you is just in form. It's it's not a good feeling. Um, I'm sure that there's uh, you know, a, a lot of that. There's certainly a lot of pressure on Arsenal. Um, and but City are just they're just playing well, you know. They looked horrible coming out of the World Cup break. They didn't look particularly good going in. I mean, I, we lost to Liverpool on the first you know first match or two of the season. Um, you know, it can it can prop up anywhere. Uh, but City have just done a good job staying the course, not pressing too much. They've changed some tactics. Uh, that they've um, I, I think fa- found a squad that they're settling into. Uh, from a personnel standpoint, um, I, I found it interesting. City have actually played the least amount of players in the Premier League this year. Um, only 22 players have, have touched the pitch in a Premier League game for City this year. Um, and, uh, you know, down the stretch, it's it's got to be, uh, I, I would say, 12 or 13 guys have played in the last nine games or so, including all competitions. Um, a lot of fitness, got some guys back healthy, and uh, just some tactics change for Pep. All, all of that has, has, you know, come together at the right time for City. This is what has happened in the last couple of seasons, the last couple of times Man City has won the league. Uh, you know, it, it has been some sort of down the stretch, comes down to the last match day for both squads who are, who are vying for it. And it looks like we're set up for that. And as we all guessed four months ago, uh, the, 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 the setup, the match next week, Man City and Arsenal looks like that's probably going to be the major pivot point for which team wins the league. Um, that, that's not to say both teams will win out all the way the rest of the way. 
we found out that's probably not going to be the case, but ultimately what the result is in that game is going to decide the, who wins this league. It's not going to be anyone else other than Arsenal or city. Yeah. And to that point as well, Alex, you know, I, I was reading through some of the stats here as you guys were talking and uh, that's interesting. You mentioned that cities played the least amount of players, which uh, it makes sense because, like, uh, whenever City has a team on the pitch, everyone looks fresh. Uh, I can't say that I've, you know, watched a single match with City where, you know, the the, the team, you know, multiple players on the team look tired. Um, if that is the case, Pep has already made the substitutions before the game where he's filled in certain slots. Um, or if he starts to notice any type of fatigue, uh, he's very quick to act on it. Um, so that's credit to Pep's uh, managerial expertise there where, you, you know, I, I think for Arsenal, uh, Arteta, you know, he has a lot of faith in the squad, which is great. And that's what you want from your manager. Um, but I think at times he's a little, he reacts a little too slow um, in critical points in the game where, you know, that there are players that are starting to gas out or, uh, you know, cramp up, you know, it turns out, you know, actually the second goal for Liverpool against Zinchenko where, I mean, Zinchenko is a quality defender, you know, he's more of an attacking defender um, than anything, but even in defense, he's generally pretty solid, but I mean, he got absolutely just made a fool of uh, by Trent Alexander-Arnold um, on the side of the box and, you know, it come come to find out that he had experienced some type of like muscle pain or something where, you know, even before that five, 10 minutes, there were the warning signs like he was slowing down. He wasn't as quick to the challenges. You know, Mikel Arteta needs to pounce on that. And, you know, lo and behold, as soon as Liverpool scored, Zinchenko got subbed off. You know, you need to do that five, 10 minutes beforehand. And, you know, Zinchenko was not... Uh, in the squad against West Ham. So uh, good news is that he will be fit to play against Southampton. But, you know, uh, I think, you know, not only is it a battle between the players, but um, in this title race, I think you really see who is the better manager, uh, be that from experience um, or from just, you know, gut, following their gut and just, you know, steering the ship. Yeah, and a lot of that is, uh, I would say, uh, at least for City, being in you know good condition is just the style that they play. They don't play this high counter, long through ball type of offense. They play a slow build up. There's not a lot of sprinting, um, uh, unless you're Jack Grealish on the ball. He sprints everywhere he goes. Um, but for, you know, for the most part, it's slow build up, uh, get set pieces, win win tackles a very slow methodical type of match. Um, and uh, the, the last two matches for, for Arsenal, they've gotten up and just not been able to, to, to salt it away. Um, it, they got kind of, I, I even mentioned it in our group chat during the, during the match um, versus Liverpool that they just kind of dicked around. I, I don't think they took Liverpool seriously. They felt like they were just dominating that game. Uh, missed a couple of really, really easy, opportunities to go up three or four nothing and let Liverpool stick around Liverpool are a really really good squad they took advantage of it um and then you have uh West Ham as well kind of let them stick around not score that penalty they 
Uh, West Ham scored like a minute after that. You just felt the momentum flip. Um, you know, Arsenal just wasn't able to squeeze the opponent enough to get the life out of them. And it's, it's cost them two draws and four points ultimately. But I, I would say just from a, you know, from a stamina, from, you know, just being fresh, it, it, it's just a component of City's, uh, City's attack, City's tactics, really. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. And, you know, the, my closing point there before we move on is just, uh, you know, to your point, to be a champion, right, you have to be – you have to have that venom inside of you to land that, um, you know, that final blow just to, you know, make it undisputed that there's there's no one else that can challenge you there. And to your point, you know, Arsenal did get a little lackadaisical where, you know, if anything – um due to injuries you know we we have had a slight depth issue at uh defense where you know initially you know we we're playing great in the first half in liverpool as well as west ham i mean like you know dominating uh the first half and then you know the, the one place you don't want to fall asleep at the wheel at or be complacent at is in defense which in both matches you know, that is certainly what happened. I will say for Liverpool, uh, hats off to Aaron Ramsdale. He single-handedly got us that point against Liverpool. Um, if we did not have Aaron Ramsdale in goal, uh, we would have lost that match. Um, that being said, in West Ham's match, um, Ramsdale was a little shaky. There's one save where, you know, he got a hand on it, uh, the second goal uh, on the near post. But, oh, you know, when you get a hand on it, it needs to be a strong hand, which sends it wide, which, you know, it wasn't strong enough that time. But, um, you know, that combined with, like you're saying, Alex, on the attacking side where, you know, Arsenal did have a few great counters in both games where, you know, we really could have put it away where we had, you know, three on two or two on two. And, you know, we we just try to do something fancy and, you know, just keep it simple and just do what we've been doing all season. And that would have, you know, netted the ball in the back of the net. But, um, you know, hopefully this is a wake up call that uh, the squad needs. You know, we have a, a nice lineup of some home matches coming up here. Um, but, uh, you know, those were certainly two tough away uh, draws for the Gunners. And Ramsdale, not the first English goalie to get a hand on a ball and have it slide into the net. It was no hand of Claude, but it was uh, it was it was certainly something uh, for those of you who remember South Africa. But uh, City, of course, you know, we were looking ahead to this game. They've got a pretty important game. They've already got the leg up on Bayern Munich in the UEFA Champions League. Uh, but the second leg of that comes on Wednesday. Uh, I think that's a three o'clock Eastern time start. And you know, Alex, do you, do you think, you know, we, we've talked about this all year, but how do you see the approach differing, if at all? between EPL play and then this UCL game coming up, especially with the, the citizens already having the upper hand over, over Bayern Munich. Uh, I wouldn't say it changes much at all. Um, you're trying to win every game by as many as you can. And uh, uh, Man City is certainly the beneficiary of some really, really, really shaky play from Upamecano Upa in the first game for, for Bayern. Uh, just one of the worst performances I have ever seen from a, from a center half um it's a lot of passes that led directly to city chances that we scored on or you know got uh you know some some fixed sets off of um it helps that we played in manchester we don't we don't lose there in the champions league 
so we, we go to Bayern. You, you got you got three goals in hand. You feel pretty good considering City have given up, you know, three goals in the last I – mean, they've given up three goals this month um, in all competitions. So you, you feel pretty good. But, but Bayern have that squad that I mean, they can score heaps fast. Um, and it, it's – it's what cost City last year in the Champions League. That they they just five five minutes ruined the entire campaign. Just five minutes of goal, 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 and there it was. Um, not necessarily the same City team, but uh, the possibility is always there. It's going to be in Germany. The, the the hype, the atmosphere is certainly going to be in Bayern's uh, favor. So I put nothing past them. You have to approach this as if it's what it is, zero zero, and just go win this game one nothing and you're you're good to go. Uh don't be thinking about anything else just go go in there and win that match. Pretend it's not 3-0, just go win that match. Yeah, I mean I think that's a good approach to it. I think I mean, I think that's really all that all that needs to happen. And I, mean, I saw it with with Liverpool getting blown their their doors blown off by Real Madrid like getting that win on the road is is pretty pretty beneficial and it's just I, I don't know I'm, I'm just jealous because I don't I don't really have UCL to talk about to bring to the table anymore so it's it's a, it's a unique position so I just just enjoy it and I mean who, who are the other who's the other matchup this is the semis right yeah we have Madrid versus Chelsea oh fuck them yeah that that <laughs> that that's who we play the winner of then we have uh uh, Benfica and oh, I got to pull up the, the bracket. Okay. It's the quarterfinals. See, when your yeah, team yeah. loses, you just kind of, I, I know how you feel. Yes, the there's, there's eight teams left, but all the good ones are on our eyes, our side, basically, unfortunately. Got it. Got it. Well, as for Liverpool, real, it's real been quick. a pretty decent stretch. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Inter Milan and Benfica. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, Milan and Napoli. Um, oh, yeah, yes. that's right. Milan, Napoli's Napoli, Inter, and Benfica. They used to go by Inter Milan, so seeing Milan up here is weird. But yes, <laughs> Milan and Napoli, Inter and Benfica are the other side. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, at least for for Liverpool, they they have been playing relatively decent football. And mentioned the win against Leeds and the the draw against um, the Arsenal. Duh, I don't know how I forgot that. But uh, looking ahead Thanks, a little bit way. for for this team, you're welcome. Um, you know, they got Nottingham Forest coming up on Saturday, then West Ham on the road. Uh, Tottenham, which is a team that embarrassed themselves on, on Saturday, losing to Bournemouth at home on a last second goal. That was fun to watch. I enjoyed that. Um, and then looking at May, just there's there are a lot of teams that they should beat. You know, Fulham, Brentford, Leicester, Aston Villa, and Southampton are all on the, the Aston Villa is the strongest current opponent right there with five straight wins. But it, 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 these are this shaping up decently for a Liverpool team that is in eighth place right now with 47 points and nine points out of that fourth spot. So it's, it's at the point for Liverpool where if they don't give themselves a chance, at least put themselves in contention, you can't really rely on other teams to do your dirty work for you, but they've got nobody to blame, but themselves. And we talked about this on the last show, one really good adjustment they've made or just something we've noticed. And they've kept doing this as Virgil van Dijk has stayed on that left defense side. Um, and, And I think it's, worked results and you know the, the offense is what everyone's going to talk about the attack because Mo Salah two goals again today ho-hum uh, Cody Gakpo got another goal Diego Jota two goals um, and Darwin Nunez bagged one in the 90th minute so the, the people who are scoring are supposed to be scoring and I just I, I was looking through the lineup and noticed that Virgil has stayed on that left side so good 
tip of the cap to Jurgen Klopp for finally doing his job as a manager, but still a lot of, a lot of work to be done for Liverpool. And just beyond that, that uh, beyond, you know, this stretch of, of games where we I've played against, you know, teams that, that y'all are fans of, and it's more personal, but now it's just like, all right, we got to go out there and beat these teams that we're supposed to fucking beat. I was I was gonna say that um, yeah, Luke, it's it's really shaping up um, a nice a nice end to your guys' season because uh, yeah, all the toughest opponents you play are at home, and you know, Fortress Anfield is a thing. So um, you know, I think you guys have a very real chance, uh, certainly to make a break for the Europa spots. Um, you know, the to get into the UCL qualification, in the top four. Um, that will still be, you know, very tough to do. Um, you know, a lot more stuff is out of your hands there. But I mean, you know, th- this is the best possible scenario for you to end your season on a high. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about on previous episodes that, um, you know, Liverpool's midfield was uh, clearly not as at its best and not quite uh, flowing the way it should. Uh, but it was good enough to absolutely dominate the U.S. men's national team midfield at Leeds. Rob, I have a question for you, and I promise, I swear, this is not a throwing shade, shit-eating question. I legitimately do not know what what is the uh, what are the qualification terms for for the Euro um, that competition? You, you mean Europa, like the, yeah, the, club? Yeah, sorry, the Europa, not to be confused with the Euro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say different things, but. Um, so it's basically uh, the fifth and sixth spots are for Europa and then spots one through four or for Champions League. Okay, I, I knew the Champions League. I didn't know where the pool of the Europa League clubs came from. I it's, see a couple of Premier League teams in there every year, but I, I again, I'm not trying to be a shit eating douche, but I've just I've not been in that process a lot. You know, well, it, it's like. You know, the UEFA Champions League is the, you know, McDonald's All-American game. The Europa League is the uh, Burger King Classic. It's, it's the Salty Spitzdude, and Europa League is Weenie Hut Juniors. <laughs> For those of, you who, uh, those of you who listen to this show and also used to watch Nickelodeon when you got home from school. <laughs> but um, Weenie Hut General. <laughs> oh man, I lost my train of thought uh, mo- momentarily there. <laughs> but um, well, here's the thing for Liverpool: when when we were, you know, it, it kind of in more of a rut. This is a big difference between North American sports and the EPL. There's no draft picks that you can just tank for. You don't get your pick of like the top prospects coming into the league every year if you suck. Like if you suck, you stay sucking unless you really do something about it. So it, it's just been a nice refresher of like not having this fan base be like, oh, we should just fuck the season because we're not doing well. When that's something you hear all the time if you're a fan of an NFL or an NBA team. And I, I just really like that. And I, I, it's made it more fun to be a fan as this team comes toward the stretch run and plays games that they really, really need to win. Yeah, I mean, it's just fix your midfield and you'll be having a lot of fun next year, which I think you will fix your midfield in the, uh, in the, in the summer window. But um, it... It, not that I'm a Liverpool fan. I, I don't have a lot of teams that I really dislike in the Premier League. Um, so I kind of – I just like players, and I like several Liverpool players. Sue me. Um, but I, I like to see when Liverpool is good. You know, it, it sucks because it's another one of those match days that you have to bite your nails through. But it's just it's just better when they're, when they're good. And this is the first time that 
uh, at least in recent memory, that Liverpool have not not been a team that I feared on the schedule necessarily. Uh, and I, I kind of missed that. Same with Chelsea. I, I hate Chelsea, but I kind of miss when they were good. Of course, they're going to beat us on the UCL next round, and I'm going to eat those words. But here I am. And on, on that note, Rob, let's let's kind of shift a little bit down lower on the ladder, down toward the, the, the what you referred to as the relegation carousel. Uh, it, it's there's teams a team like Burnmouth really helped themselves out on Saturday, winning a game they weren't supposed to win. And it's kind of the same dynamic down at the bottom. Like you just got to stay out of those spots, you know? Yeah. I mean, at, you know, obviously in any sport, right. You, you want to win the league, right. That's, that's the main goal. And, you know, that's what gets memorialized in the videos and, you know, the trophy ceremonies, the highlights, yada, yada, yada. But Honestly, like the best thing, the thing that people live for is this like white knuckling, you know, race to not get relegated towards the end of the season where uh, I was watching. I tuned in for the second half of the Bournemouth Tottenham match um, after watching Arsenal. And it was it was an electrifying match. Like, you know, Bournemouth had nothing to lose. And, you know, you have a trending down Tottenham. Uh, where it was the perfect recipe uh, for success for them. And then the fact they scored, you know, six minutes of injury time were given and they scored in the 93rd minute on a terrific goal into the box. Um, It it was just amazing. So, you know, and keep in mind, right, Bournemouth were in second to last place about a month and a half ago. So um, just looking at the table, it looks like, so 23. So yeah, so between spots 14 and 20, there's a 10 point swing. Um, so you know, with just under 10 matches to go, that order can be shuffled. Uh Southampton are, you know, they're they're rock bottom, which is fantastic. I'd love to see that. Good riddance. Uh, I'm fairly certain they will be relegated. They will be one of the guaranteed teams there, but I mean. You know, getting a draw with West Ham, that, that's big for them. Everton is uh, slightly out of the relegation trouble for now. Um, but you have, you know, Crystal Palace and Wolves starting to trend down. Um, they're a little outside of the 10-point swing. But, you know, it again, it gets that essentially the whole bottom half of the table, 12 through 20, no one is safe right now. So uh, I think for me um, – teams that are surging right now. I do think West Ham uh, are surging on the up and up. Um, I think they will ultimately make it out. Uh, Crystal Palace, I do think will stay out. Um, But I I really think um, uh, Nottingham Forest, while they're in 18th right now, I think they're a much, they're a very gritty team. You know, they were promoted from the championship last year. I think they ultimately will make it out and, the, the teams that I have trending down are, uh, you know, I already talked about Southampton. They're just staying at the bottom. Uh, but Leicester City, Leeds, and I think those are the main two that are really trending down. Everton's a coin flip uh, based on what Sean Deitch does. But, um, yeah, it, it's the, 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 it, the race to the bottom is almost as exciting as the race to the top this season. Certainly more teams involved at the bottom. 
And it's, if you're a team near the bottom, you need those teams like, you know, like a Crystal Palace and like a Wolves to keep falling, you know, like, because then if they get too far ahead of you, you you're, you don't have that many games left. And pretty soon you don't have in, enough time to make up the ground. And the goal differential is is always important too. I'm looking at a team like, Southampton, even if they go on a run, if they end up tied with somebody, they have a goal differential right now of minus 29. And on the other side of that, Liverpool has a goal differential of plus 20. And that's better than Brighton, Aston Villa, and Tottenham, who are all above them. Newcastle has them edged in that in uh, by four with a 48 goals for and just 24 against. So we, you know, we see who one of the best defensive teams in this league is. And that, that's a team we really haven't talked about a whole lot, mainly because, one, we don't really know anyone who who likes them personally who follows this show or in our lives at least I don't um but two I just like I, I just haven't really seen them play a whole lot so at least that information is good to know about them but I just, I just don't see them as one of those uncatchable teams at least looking at it from from Liverpool's perspective yeah to, to me honestly I think the most interesting part of the Premiership right now um is in the top half, specifically the race for the UCL and Europa qualification spots. A team, uh, you know, like you said, we hadn't talked about Newcastle too much. You know, at, we had mentioned a few months ago that, you know, in that top four finish, it was their race to lose at that point, which, you know, they, they'd come back and they got some good victories. Um, the, they, with Alexander Isak coming in as, as a second striker to work in tandem with Callum Wilson uh, really helped them on the attack um, where, you know, earlier in the season, they were suffering on being a very defensive team and not being able to score on the chances they got. Um, They got a little bit of the momentum back, but the team we really, really haven't talked about all season that is lurking right now. And quite honestly, you know, I didn't see this coming at all, but, the villains of Aston Villa right now, um, they are surging. Uh, they're the only team other than Man City to win the last five games in the Premiership. And uh, they've certainly made um, a very interesting race um, for six. Uh, Brighton is right behind them with a couple of games in hand and could uh, loop them there. But, uh, I mean, that that like nine through four spots is very, very interesting. Yeah, man. Aston Villa, like you said, I mean, not, not really a team that warranted a whole lot of talking about. They were just kind of in the, you know, mismatch of, you know, I guess just hanging around where, where Chelsea's been all year. So we just all focus on the name, but uh ollie watkins is having a campaign man he's got 14 goals on the year six assists uh having an absolute heater of a season uh for the villains and they have spent their jack Grealish money very very well it's paying off for them pretty fast uh i'm a humongous fan of maddie cash uh on on the back end for them lucas digne uh diego carlos there's there's a lot of really good players in their back end um that they're a lot of fun to watch. Felipe Coutinho, I, I don't know what his future is, but he, he, he kind of looks good in, in in Villa Maroon, Villa Blue, whatever they're kind of wearing that day. Uh, Leon Bailey, man, he's fun to watch too, just a speedster down the uh, down the left side for them. So um, Aston Villa, not a, not a team you, you think of 
kind of like Newcastle, I would say, at, at least in terms of very recent Premier League success. But uh, they're, they're worth flipping the tube for uh, if you catch them on local TV. They just beat Newcastle 3-0 as well. And uh, they're doing what I need Liverpool to do. They had the, the, these five wins in a row are all against teams that they – should have taken business, taken care of business against, and did take care of business against. So, and, and that's why they are where they are right now. So, yeah, it's just keeping. I mean, keep on beating this drum, and I probably will on the next show too. Just, just keep beating who you're supposed to beat, and which has been easier said than done for most of our our our, our games this season. But yeah, man, I, that is a fresh team that we we have a couple of fresh teams we haven't really really brought up here on the right hosh and our our tenth episode by the way. I'm not sure if I, I mentioned that we've we've hit double digits here in the Nasser Alexander Kuchaki studio. So so really awesome. I I enjoy that a good a good good little like little sidetrack there with just some some teams we talk about our teams a lot and we talk about Chelsea who we hate a lot. But I, it, it, keep an eye on both of those teams really because they're going to factor in. Yeah, I, I'm going to toss oh, – we've talked about them, but just real quick, I just noticed this. Uh, Brighton are at 49 points, but they have two games in hand on both teams ahead of them uh, who were only one and four points ahead of them respectively on the table. So, uh, so we could certainly see some shakeup just because Brighton has a couple of extra games in hand um, over those teams. Liverpool also a game in hand over uh, those teams as well. So um, game, the, the games played are, are going to come down and – I think kind of juice this table just a little bit because we had some cancellations. We've had some, you know, so, some midweek stuff with competitions, world cup got in the way. So uh, should, should be an electric uh, finish just to see the, the, the jockeying on the table. I wish I had one of those like time-lapse videos that moves them down by every result. And you get this, you know, visually see them jump around. Uh, Cause it, it's going to be, it's going to be hectic. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's certainly going to be hectic, and you know, we, we had we had mentioned uh, multiple episodes back. Um, one thing to keep in mind: there was a triple uh, entente, if you will, of uh, teams to watch, which we had uh, in no particular order: Brighton, Brentford, and Fulham. Which uh, we we were wondering who was going to pull out um, of the three. And uh, I do think that, you know, at this point, Brentford and Fulham are both, um, they're, they're both out of the uh, top six contention. Uh, not entirely, but, um, you, you know, Brentford's got 31 matches. Fulham um, has 30, so they have a game in hand. But um, that, I really think Brighton has this themselves. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know if it was a coincidence or not, but uh, conveniently, uh, their home match versus the citizens of Man City was postponed. Uh, so uh, maybe that's, you know, you, you told me uh, some cheeky banter during the week, West Ham head on a swivel with Arsenal, which clearly uh, I didn't get the message over to Mikel Arteta in time. But uh, look out for Brighton, man. Um, that's a tough away match for you guys. Always. I mean, we, we, we've, we've been here. We know that the target's on your back. And even when you know that, man, it just it's the it's the Premier League. They got good players, too. You know, one, one through 20 in this league, I'm fully convinced can beat you any match day, um, especially when you're one of those teams that just has a target on their back. They just they bring a little bit extra. It makes it a little bit harder and, uh, you know, magnifies all the mistakes. Even even slight mistakes, it just magnifies them that much more. Um, you, you have to have your head on a swivel every single week, especially where you maybe don't think you have to. 
you can never catch your breath. Like we say on, on in college sports, especially on the Georgia Bulldogs Sports Network, that boy's on scholarship too. And it, it, it almost has that sort of college college sports atmosphere feeling when the, these like EPL rivals get together or not even rivals like, but just, you know, these teams are all so close to each other because England is so small and some cities have m- multiple teams and, and you just, you get that like, okay, even though we're not, these is like our most hated rival, like this team's ahead of us in the standings and they're from only an hour away and we've got to like go into their house and and pull their pants down and it, it's it, it's a it's a, a feeling i don't really see a lot in american professional sports sorry i don't have anything to follow that up with but yeah no, it's just it, a thought it, it was just a random thought i've been no it's trying. it's a it's a good point i just didn't have anything to add <laughs> yeah I, i'm breaking up the silence <laughs> <laughs> well i i can i can close the gap a little bit uh, on uh, the post-production but i just that's another thing that's just always drawn me to to foreign sports in general it's just a little bit more a little bit more community like and there's there's pride there you know when you're playing against a team from a neighboring town yeah the 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 smaller distance between the the clubs is really cool and it's just not something you can really replicate um you, i mean you try to do that in conferences and in college sports but you know when we're talking to big pro leagues you just can't do that in in america it's just too it's just yeah. too big like we we're, got we're lucky that no one's put a professional hawaiian or alaskan <laughs> team together because that would make it even worse um it but I, I I agree that there's just like that different. It's just it's just baked right into the bones of the community of the, yeah. of the UK. It's just right in there. That's part of the DNA. Um, it, it's it just that's that's why it's the coolest one to follow. It's the best and it's the coolest. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent agree on that. And uh, that that's a, a nice little a nice little bow on the the specific EPL. Uh, standings talking and, and now I we, we usually usually the last part of the show is is Rob spicy takes and he had he, he told us he had one in particular and I, I I didn't think of this at the beginning but I did think of this over the course of the show and it's something that we normally do on our our maiden program the right hash uh toward the end of the show we haven't done it in, in a lot in a little in a little while because just the evolution of, of how things go but this is a thing that happens from time to time and it is when somebody has something very burning that they want to get out and get into the world. And it's usually when they're very angry at something or somebody. So without further ado, Rob Jordan, you are in the hot box. Well, it's great to be here. I am fuming. I'm hot. I'm bothered. The Gunners are only one point ahead of Man City and I'm lashing out. And I'm lashing out against a player that uh, I'll be honest, I'm surprised I haven't ethered him already because throughout the season, he has been absolute dog shit. Um, He has, he's a center back. So like, you know, for folks not familiar with defensive formation, if you're going to have your most solid defender, you're going to want them to be a center back. You know, the wing backs can get beat, but, the people you have in the center need to be strong pillars of strength that keep people out of your box and ultimately goals out of your net. This man, Vout Face, the Belgian defender for Leicester City, is an absolute fraud. I don't know how he's getting paid. He looks clueless. He looks like Sideshow Bob running around on the field, clueless, with nothing to do. He constantly gets beat. 
Uh, and, you know, it was on full display against Man City, um, you know, where, you know, three goals, uh, I think two of them he was directly responsible for. But, you know, th- throughout the season, it, it's not just a Man City thing, but it's been against people like small teams where, you know, Leicester City did have their injury woes throughout the year where they stalled a little bit. But, I mean, this guy was just straight up getting beat out. And, you know, how the hell are you – like how the hell are you still getting paid in the premiership? Like that's, that's just sad news for lesser city. And, you know, that's a big reason where if they, they start him every single game and the fact that they can't replace him, that to me seals their fate. And uh, uh, I think he's ultimately one of the main reasons responsible for lesser city being relegated at the end of the season. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. I saw we, we unmuted there at the same time. <laughs> I, 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 sorry, I, I'm just I'm just laughing. That's hilarious because I have I don't even know who this guy is, but um, a, apparently for good reason. I clicked <laughs> on his player page and Faze joins unlucky club of players with two own goals. And this is 30th December 2022. Like the the, oh the season God. the season was fresh, um, and it's it's just a picture of him standing in front of Mo Salah with a ball going in his own net. Um, yeah. I think I remember that happening. <laughs> he became the fourth man ever to get a dreaded double in the same match on his own, on his own goal. So um, yeah, after this, I have to go watch those uh, somewhere on the internet. Cause I, I don't remember them, but uh, th- thank you, Rob, for stepping into, I think the first impromptu hot box of, the, the, the right hash family of networks. Yes, indeed. Una. How appropriate for episode number 10, a milestone episode. We drop something that you normally hear on the other show. I mean, we just, we follow our own fucking rules here. I mean, it's just, it's insane. Like, and, and, and we love it. And that's, that's literally why we do the, the right hash and the right hosh. Just like it, it is, it is our show. And I can just say, you know what, we're going to do this in this show because it fits and it's really awesome. So Rob, thank you. That was that was great. Um, I, I need to pay attention to players I hate more, I guess, because it, it, that is really good fuel for for the hot box. I I I, I know mine is usually my my hot boxes are usually about more like kind of kind of abstract sports things that are that are bothering me. But but when you just watch a game and see somebody suck like that, it's just it's just comes so easily. And and to be fair, before people jump on me here um, on the interwebs. You know, th- this has been building over multiple matches, over multiple weeks, over multiple months. So this isn't just because of the Man City match. It's this is Sideshow Bob leading the circus show that is Leicester City FC. And ultimately, um, he will be getting the Fox pelts out because the Lexer- Leicester City Foxes will be getting skinned at the end of the season. I just wonder if David Luiz's dad knows he has another son. That's all I want to know. Dude, that is literally exactly who <laughs> I thought of. when, Because, you know, towards the end of his career, David Luiz, like, he's not the same as he was. Very talented player back in the day, obviously. But, you know, later in his career, I mean, he's – believe it or not, he's an even shittier version of shitty David Luiz. No, it looks like it. At least David Luiz wasn't scoring on his team exclusively. Yeah, he's like the guy on Tinder that says he's David Luiz and says he's over six foot, but he's really 5'10". 
he he could do the go to the Super Bowl and pretend he's Andy Reid challenge, <laughs> but with David Luiz. Exactly. He's that guy. He's the guy who can juggle, but only for like 10 seconds before the balls like just drop on the floor and he looks like an idiot. It's like he's got it, going for like, got it going for like 10 seconds, but then like, nah, he's he's done. I mean, that's perfect because he's a fucking clown and he has no place in the premiership. <laughs> he, he does, in 24 appearances, he does have six clean sheets, though, which is a lot higher than I was expecting based on some of the articles I've been reading. Yeah, he almost <laughs> has as many goals against his own team as that, too. So He, he has one assist, so at least he is somewhat erased one of his own goals in a way i'd hate to have this guy in fantasy this is not good (laughs) i'd love to i'm interested to see the next euro tournament um it will be on full display uh for any match against belgium which you know belgium are trending down now but uh something to look out for uh where someone will probably be directly responsible for any goals that uh you know they have courtois goal who in my opinion is the best goalkeeper in the world, hands down. But uh, when your center backs uh, aren't doing their job, it doesn't matter how good in goal you are, you're going to get beat. And uh, it, it's, it's just kind of strange that he didn't learn from the, the twin Belgian towers that, uh, that resided in uh, Tottenham for, for so long. Um, Vertonghen and out of our elds uh, to excellent very, very slow lumbering center backs for, for Tottenham, both from Belgium. Um, this, this, this man does them shame. You know, the Belgian, is, chocolate, the, the Belgian chocolate has melted under the heat of the moment. You know who this guy is? He's Tom Smykowski. He's useless. It's the, it's the first one fired. He's useless, man. I just, I mean, so he physically takes the specs to the customers he's a people person he has people skills that's why he's still on the team (laughs) ah yeah that's uh, i guess that where where i start making puns and movie references is sort of sort of where we start running out of gas but uh of course thanks thank you guys can you imagine me of course can you imagine scoring two own goals and then having eight different bosses <laughs> I got eight different bosses telling me what to do. <laughs> as long as he puts his cover sheets on his fucking TPS reports, <laughs> can he? Can got he to. at least do that? Rob, is 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 office space a known commodity across the pond? Yes, I mean it, okay. it's a class. It's a classic movie. It's 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 great. Okay, good because it, it, it like it has its own cult following here like it's not even a super mainstream movie here i don't feel like so Dude, we might but, have uh, to do a non-sports one-off show just about that movie one day like <laughs> we have a lot to say i'm pretty sure that's just what that movie is <laughs> yeah yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> oh man well it is a it's been a great great pleasure here in the nasser alexander kuchecki studios uh we, we love to get together here virtually of course um one, one day we're gonna gonna get together and have some uh, some some frosty beverages and record a real episode of the right hosh but episode number 10 really awesome glad that everyone has been tuning in and we hope you enjoy it there's of course there's anything you want us to talk about that we didn't if your favorite team is not mentioned on this show let us know shout us out on twitter uh we are just like the the other show we are a show of the people so we do want to do want everyone to uh chime in and see see be a little interactive and 
see what 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 do you guys want us to talk about because we're happy to talk about literally anything that that people want so any kind of parting parting gifts for our audience guys yes real real quick rumors are swirling that members of the right hash will be present at london bridge pub in downtown raleigh for the man city arsenal match next wednesday april 26 at 3 p.m eastern standard time i cannot confirm nor deny who will be in attendance but it will be a great time so if any of you listeners are out there are free please come find us and uh it's going to be a great atmosphere and we'll uh decide the fate of the premier league uh title owner incoming 2-2 draw (laughs) And, and of course of course if you thought anything we said was dumb as shit and you think we're wrong tell us that too because because we really like that and it fosters discussion so and and we know we know we're not perfect so uh there's a three three cheeky bungling blokes here just just doing a fucking soccer show talking about things that they love so thanks a lot for joining us once again we'll have another episode coming up in a couple of weeks and stay tuned for the right hash draft specials coming out those will come out in a couple days as well we'll talk to you next time from the Nasser Alexander Every day I pray to get to know ya. Please wanna be close to you. Yes, I'm so hungry. You're like water for my soul when it gets thirsty. Without you, there's no me or the air that I breathe. Sometimes the world is dark and I just can't see. With these demons around, all around, I bring me down to negative vibes. But I believe, yes, I believe.